Welcome back to the Travelling Music Therapist podcast. This is episode 14. And today I have with me um, a very special lady. She's not an RMT, um, but she's just finished her counselling degree. Is that right? Yeah, that's great. So this is Meg Sanderson. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. I'm so thrilled to have you on my podcast. Um, So Meg, oh, can I first ask... I've always called you Meg, but is it Megan or Megan? It's Megan, but you can oh, okay. call me Meg because I just yeah. feel like that. Um, it's, it doesn't matter either yeah. or. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you get people who get really confused? Yeah, lots of people <laughs> are like, is it Megan or Megan? Because Megan's very South African, whereas Megan's very Australian. True. Yeah, whereas yeah. if I just go for Meg, it's either or. Mm. Yeah. So you're from South Africa originally? Yep. I'm originally from Zimbabwe. Ah, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. But you came over here? I came over here 17 school? years ago. Yeah. So I've done my whole high school and mm-hmm. uni um, since I've moved here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I moved over with my brother and my mum. Yeah. yeah. Oh, great. So now you originally um, did your course in nursing, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah. So, but then um, you switched over to counselling? Yeah, I switched over to counselling. So I did my mm-hmm. full nursing degree. Yeah. And that was three years. And then I worked as a nurse. This is my fourth year of working as a nurse. Um, And I got probably about into my second year of working as a nurse. And um, helping people has been something that I've always wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And something that's naturally come to me and that I've been extremely passionate about. And I found that working when I was doing my nursing and I was working with people, I was working with people a lot more on a physical level mm-hmm. as opposed to a mental and emotional level. Yeah. Like obviously it is all incorporated and integrates into one another. But I really wanted to tap into that deeper level of emotion mm-hmm. and experience or life experience within individuals. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of what led me to go down the counselling path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you did, um, was it a master's of counselling? I did a full undergrad. Of a full counsel- undergrad? Yeah. Wow. So yeah. how long did that take? That took me three years. Yeah. Yeah. Good on you. And you only recently graduated. Yes, I Are you did. excited to be done with study? I'm very, very excited. And now yeah. I just want to get out there and <laughs> start, yeah, start doing what I feel that I'm meant to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. So with your nursing, um, what kind of area were you working in? Um, with my nursing, I was working in a lot of different areas. Mm-hmm. I specialized in oncology and hematology, which is cancer. Yeah, yeah. And I also speci- specialized in surgical. So I would prepare mm-hmm. patients um, pre-surgery and then look after them after surgery. Yeah. And kind of get them ready to go home and um, start living life with whatever new way of living that they needed to yeah. adapt to. Mm. Yeah. It's tricky, isn't it, in a hospital setting um, with hospital nursing. You do, I guess, choose a career path like nursing because you said you do want to help people. Yeah. But the relationship that you have with the patients, it's just so, it's so medical. And it's yeah. all about, you know, here's your medication. Yeah. Um, we need to do an OBS now. And like, it's, yeah. um, it is tough for medical staff to build that relationship that um, often... I guess with my work, with my music therapy work, yeah, we um, our work is a lot more about just engaging and yeah. getting to know the person and 
you can't often do that in nursing can you no um yeah yeah exactly like what you said in nursing it can be very medical especially because you're working alongside doctors Mm. and doctors are trained to be very medical and when you're working in the hospitals particularly as a nurse you have a high turnover of patients so you your time spent with each patient is very limited Mm -hmm. you know it can be anywhere from an hour to maybe eight hours and if you're lucky you might look after them for a couple of days in a row but because there is such a high turnover of patients coming in and out of the hospital it doesn't like provide you with a platform to be able to develop a good rapport with the individual Mm -hmm. yeah yeah uh, with your work in oncology and hematology, did you see many palliative cases? Yeah, I did a lot of palliative cases. Yeah, with yeah. Ad- adult patients? Um, yeah, mainly adults. Mm-hmm. I would say all probably from above the age of 40 and onwards. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's tough, eh? Yeah, it is very mm. tough and it's very sad. And yeah. and often when you're working with oncology and hematology patients who are in pa- like palliation mm-hmm you'll find that the patient themselves is prepared for what's coming Mm -hmm. and they're okay and accepting of what's happened and that Mm -hmm. they're at the end of their life. And it's more so the families who are in denial and they're the ones that are really battling and Mm -hmm. have a lot of anger towards the situation. And Mm -hmm. it seems like they're the ones that need more Mm -hmm. support throughout. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I did one placement in oncology, hematology, and mm-hmm. um, but it was at the children's hospital, so it was yeah, seeing kids yeah. going through treatment, and it's it's not pleasant, especially for children as well. You um, you know, with like the low immunity and that kind of thing when yeah. when you're in um, hospital, you can't go out of the ward, well, and you yeah. can't yeah, you can't socialize with other kids, and so that's where um you know, the OT or the music therapist can really add a little bit of normality maybe Yeah. into their environment. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because it's all like sterile and, you know, white, everything. And so, yeah. it's not fun to be there. No, yeah. Mm. I've never, luckily I've never um, been hospitalised for anything. Yeah. So I've never had to go through that. But just thinking about even for one day. Yeah living in a hospital room bed it's just it seems so depressing yeah it's very tough just being trapped in that one place and not getting that outside stimulation or external environment stimulation that we all usually get on a day-to-day basis Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um i wanted to ask you so you have um a, what would you call it like a support group called start a conversation yep start a conversation mm-hmm. yeah yeah how would you describe what it um is? <laughs> so uh a friend of mine and i have started it her name's emlyn um we are still trying to figure out exactly what label to put on it mm-hmm. but when we explain it to people i guess we explain it as a movement or a campaign mm-hmm. and a small business kind yep. of all combined into one and as it grows i think we eventually see all three of those things having their own avenue of growth Mm. um but right now where we're at with it it's more so just planting the seed of the idea with people Mm -hmm. 
um, seeing how people respond from that. Mm. And Actually, what, could you explain to our listeners and what they want? What exactly you're doing at the moment? Ma- with it? Okay, so yeah. start a conversation is basically a platform that invites or provides everybody with the opportunity to have meaningful conversations, and it doesn't necessarily mean that it's got to be negative conversations or about the things that are going wrong in our lives but also let's talk about the good things yeah. so it's the good the bad and everything in between mm-hmm. and we were just kind of finding through our work and our practice and our studies that when people have a meaningful conversation with somebody they create a connection mm-hmm. and often when you have a powerful connection with another person it can be healing to the mind, it can be healing to the body, you kind of find that people have a bounce in their step and or they're taken a step closer to the direction they want to be going in. Um, So that's basically what it is, is trying to encourage people to really step outside their comfort zone and just take the extra time to have that meaningful conversation. Um, And particularly in our age group, we're finding that a lot of people were withdrawing from having meaningful conversations because they were feeling as if they didn't know how to have the conversation Mm -hmm. and they didn't know how to respond when they um when someone gave them information that they were unsure of what to do with yeah so a part of start a conversation will would be having workshops on effective communication so Mm -hmm how to communicate effectively and then when you're on the receiving and how to be able to respond in an appropriate manner. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're also finding a lot of people around our age group are kind of going into a depression or a downward spiral mm-hmm. because they're keeping everything inside of them. They're not actually speaking about what's really happening for them. So I guess it's to try and change that negative stigma that's attached to communicating. Yeah. Yeah, about feelings. Yeah. And I remember you guys um, in particular were going to target men? Or yes. Yeah. yeah. We particularly wanted to target men and in particular we were going for a surf skate audience. Mm-hmm. Um, but in saying that, it's open to anybody. Yeah. Um, there's Right now there's not one specific group mm-hmm. who um, we'd like to be involved yeah. in that. Yeah. Yeah, so you guys have a Facebook page? Start yeah. Start a conversation? Yeah, we've got a Facebook page and we've got an Instagram page. Do you? Oh, yeah. I need to follow you on Instagram. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then hopefully soon we'll have a website as yeah. well with a couple of links and yeah. things on there. Oh, sounds good. Yeah, yeah and I think definitely in this day and age, um, it's so easy to just clam up and you know, just do everything from your phone. I'm pretty guilty of it myself as well. But actually having, um, even if it's not face-to-face time, like talking on the phone or like, you know, you do need to have that connection with other people. Yeah. I guess it kind of ties in with what we were saying about hospital admissions. Yeah. You know, you go a little bit crazy if you don't, um, if you're not able to socialise or, you know, just be... Yeah. In close proximity with other people. People, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's so easy in our day and age as well to overthink things. And like you said, so many of us now are absorbed in our phones or mm-hmm. our laptops or um, other social media forums. 
And because when we're on these social media forums, there's no verbal communication. Mm-hmm. It's all non-verbal communication. Yeah. And it's so easy to misinterpret what's being said through nonverbal communication or to misinterpret the intention of the message that's mm-hmm. being sent out there. Yeah. 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 The amount of times that I have had arguments with my husband yeah. that I didn't realize were yeah. arguments because he totally read the text message with a different inflection. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's so hard to, um, I don't know, you, you definitely cannot connect with people through text. Text, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's so easy, you know, you accidentally hit the caps lock button and yeah. then they, you and think, then it's like, oh, oh my goodness, no. they're shouting. Yeah, but yeah, accidental exclamation mark instead of like question mark, mark you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just those small little things that make a difference, mm. yeah. And emojis. Yeah. I love emojis. Oh, emoji. I think there's a whole other language with emojis. I know. Now that we're so used to it, I feel like if I get a text without an emoji from yeah. like a close friend, I'm like, are they mad at me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so, um, so, with your counselling um, degree. Yes. You had to do some actual practical counselling. Yes. Like supervised work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what did you do with that? Um, so I worked with youth at risk, as they call it. So I worked with youth between the ages of 15 and 19. Yeah. And um, they were all in a, enrolled in a program that kind of gave them skills to be integrated into society and to take that next step into adulthood. Mm-hmm. So my role there basically was to support them mm-hmm. and to help build them up. Um, with their own personal skills which included self-confidence communication personal growth um, what other kind of skills teamwork skills and then also other skills you know like careers resumes Mm -hmm. and if they were having troubles at home they'd be able to come and speak to me one-on-one and we could work through things you know we did a lot of art therapy and I think just seeing the kids be involved in those therapies on my prac placement made me realize what a difference it does make to the mental well-being of an individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. I wanted to talk to you um, about the sound healing. Yeah, that you were going to go study. Study. Yeah. Yes, so I have particularly been interested in Mm -hmm. sound healing. Mm -hmm. So sound healing basically works from the principle of resonance and vibration Mm -hmm. of music or sound Mm -hmm. and how it connects to the mind and the body and how it links into a person's wellness. Mm -hmm. Um, And during my studies at uni, I was particularly interested in trauma Mm -hmm. and the area of trauma and how it affects a person's brain and body and how it's stored in the body and working with sound healing or sound healing basically studies have shown that it helps to release blocked energy within the body it helps to release um, negative emotion that no longer serves a person any more purpose Mm -hmm. it helps to generate more energy within the body it helps a person to connect to their emotional side as well because often when you experience a lot of trauma, your body can completely shut down and mm-hmm. disconnect from that. Yeah. So it really helps you to reconnect with who you are. Yeah. 
Um, and a lot of it is done through breath work and the sound vibration. So what kind of sounds are they? Because um, I have zero idea I'd, what sound okay. healing is. So <laughs> most of it is so uh, working with the crystal music bowls. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And it makes that big mm-hmm. whooshing noise. Um, you can do the Tibetan drums. Uh, in Australia, a lot of sound healing is done with didgeridoo and the vibration that comes from the sound that's made from the didgeridoo. Yeah. Um, what else is there out there? So just there? lots of, I guess, basically like grounding kind of. Yeah, a lot of grounding, mm-hmm. uh, grounding music. And what's great about sound healing is that it can be used in a group setting and it can be used just one-on-one and tailored to the individual's needs yeah. as well. Yeah, mm, that's exciting. So, when yeah. are you thinking of doing that? Uh, hopefully, within the next six months. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you were like a serial st- studier. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess you could <laughs> say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm I'm so excited that you found um, like a path that you're really interested in. Yeah. You know, especially after coming from something like nursing, which is you know such a wonderful job. Yeah. But um, and a lot of people can kind of get stuck in their jobs and. Maybe yeah. like in a bit of a rut and they don't know what to do, but you've yeah. actually gone that step further to do some further study. Yeah. So you've had a bit of a taste for um, counselling work. Yes. So do yeah. you prefer counselling? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I mean, I must say that during my time that I spent studying counselling and doing the course, I felt so connected to it. And as each day went by, I just kept telling myself, this is my purpose in life. This is my passion. This is why I've been put here, is to do this work. And I guess that's what got me going through to the end of completing the degree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you think you'll be working mainly with youth and young adults? Um, I think so. I'd like to. That's Right now, that's what I'm looking at. But in saying that, I'm not limiting myself to that either. I do trust that wherever I'm meant to be and whoever I'm meant to be working with, whatever age group it is, it will fall into place. Yeah, yeah. 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 Because sound healing work, um, I've never heard of it, but, I mean, a lot of people that I talk to have never heard of music therapy. Therapy, yeah. Um, Are there many sound healing uh, practitioners here in WA? In WA, to be honest, I haven't really looked into it in WA. Mm -hmm. I've looked into doing the courses and they are hardly any to none in WA specifically um there's I mean you can go along to group meditations here in WA where they play music Mm -hmm. there's a couple of places in Frio where they do sound healing with a didgeridoo Mm -hmm. and that's probably the only place that I've heard of in WA that does it um but there are a lot of other wellness hubs around the world where sound healing is incorporated in everyday um, life for a lot of people yeah Yeah, yeah. so Byron Bay there's a lot going on New York there's a lot going on Mm -hmm. Um, I just recently went to Africa on holiday with my family Mm -hmm. and in Botswana in the bush there's a sound healing camp so they do retreats every couple of weeks where people from all over the world come in and fly in and they do drumming and all the traditional kind of um sounds i guess mm-hmm. yeah yeah byron bay is so beautiful oh byron bay is amazing mm. i love it yeah, yeah you've been there before yeah i've been there once before yeah yeah i've only been there once too i just took a day trip down when i was um 
I was over in Brisbane for a little while. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's You'll so have to go back. It's been oh, a few yeah, days there. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Because it's just so beautiful. And I remember we took a little walk, not very far, but there's like a trail that you can walk to the the most uh, east point of Australia. Okay. Have you done that? No. Yeah, yeah you should do that when you get to Byron because when yeah. you get to the very edge of it, it's just so beautiful. Okay. The ocean's like so oh, big yeah. and... Yeah, and the weather is always great over there. Oh, it is. And I think once you've just been in Byron for a few hours, yeah. you feel so drawn to staying there. It's mm. just got this really positive energy and feel-good energy, mm-hmm. a, a healthy energy, I guess. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you about your family, right? Yeah. Do you have many people in your family who've taken like a therapy career or... Um, what kind of led you to finding counselling? What led me to finding counselling? What led I mean, me there to might f- be two completely different, different questions. Pl- no, yeah. yeah. In my family, career-wise, mm-hmm. there's no one really that's in um, helping people. I guess in the way that we as counsellors do. Mm-hmm. My auntie's a nurse as well, so that's what kind of maybe drew me a little bit to mm-hmm. that. But what led me to doing counselling is the experience that I've had within my family. Mm -hmm. So I've had a a little bit of issues with my brother and with my dad, Mm -hmm. which have involved both of them getting their own counselling themselves and being involved in their own therapies to kind of lead them on the right path of life. And I think being a part of that and watching that, it just drew me to being more interested in what it was all about. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because I think um, I, with my family, we, I don't know, we didn't really go to therapy or anything like okay. that. Yeah. But I always knew that I wanted to have a career where I was helping people. Yeah. Probably like you, you know. Yeah. It's like, it's just like a love for life. You just yeah. want to help everyone. Yeah. And, um, but I always had like a musical upbringing. So okay. when I found out about music therapy, I was like, oh, this is perfect. Yeah, combine you know? the two. Yeah, you can yeah. combine the two. Um, but I have to say, like, working in a therapy profession, yeah, I don't think enough people understand the benefits of what therapy can do. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's lots of different types of therapy, obviously, but just talking, like, yeah. um, like the start of conversation, like, yeah. just talking with people and so many people just kind of clam up and then they let their feelings bottle up and yeah it's not a good way to be no Mm. because i mean once it all bottles up you end up exploding it's all got to come out and that's often when people crash and Mm -hmm. fall to pieces which i mean sometimes isn't necessarily a bad thing and might it might be what was needed for them so that they're able to put their pieces of their life back together and do so in a way that provides them more stability yeah but because, yeah, with like traditional therapy or like, you know, just counselling therapy yeah. is talking therapy. Right? Yeah, yeah. And then you've got maybe some people who doesn't, that doesn't really work. So then that's why creative therapies are so great because you don't necessarily have to use your words. Yeah, you can just speech. use creative expression. Yeah, creative yeah. expression through music or art or whatever, whatever yeah. it might be, movement. Yeah. Yeah, there's like dance therapy and that kind of thing. Yeah, there's so many um, kind of alternative therapies out there. And I think particularly with music therapy, that's what drew me to it was that we can or I can do a counselling session with 
a person and we can sit there and talk Mm -hmm. and if it gets to a point where they're wanting something more Mm -hmm. we can incorporate music therapy because that also taps into a different side of emotion and helps to shift the brain to a more positive way of thinking and Mm -hmm. you know if we're able to incorporate them all together then I feel we're really helping yeah the person to find their inner happiness mm. yeah so when you say incorporate music therapy are you talking about like listening to music um i guess it would depend on the person's needs at the time and what they're wanting yeah. if they want to play music then let's yeah. let's incorporate that and mm-hmm. you know you express yourself through playing the music if it's through listening to music and relating to the words or the genre of music the tone of the music mm-hmm. then be able to do that yeah 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 and with sound healing we're going going back and forth but yeah with sound healing is it that you just listen to the sounds or do you make the sounds yourself um you can do both mm-hmm. yep you can do both and i think initially what it would be is you get your clients to listen to the music mm-hmm. and then when they're ready to kind of step away and go and do it on up uh, on their own they're able to play the music themselves mm-hmm. and kind of work through it themselves or they can continue to just listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it can be a combination of both. Yeah. And with sound healing, do they usually have like a like a debrief sort of talking therapy at the end of it all? Um, yeah. Mo- I think most of the time what happens, particularly in the group environment, is you start in a safe environment so you, you know you introduce yourself you might talk about what's going on for you mm-hmm. where in your body you're really feeling like you're needing to focus on mm-hmm. um, what areas you might be noticing tensions in or where trapped emotion might be in mm-hmm. and then we carry out the sound healing process um, listen to music really focus on that part and then afterwards again talk about it see what shifted yeah what didn't work, what could be done next time. So you know how you're saying where you carry tension and where you carry emotion? Yeah. So you're saying that in different parts of your body you can be carrying emotion? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> basically, I think yeah. Um, my yoga instructor was saying something about that, like when you're, if your hips are really stiff, Yeah. I can't quite remember what the emotion was. Yeah. Maybe anger or something, I don't know. Yeah, I think um, hips I don't know are a lot to do point. with, mm-hmm. well, I guess when you look at the body, your hips are your support base, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. So when you're very locked and tight in there, it could mean several dif- different things. Maybe you're not feeling supported in life at the moment, or mm-hmm. you're feeling really stressed, and there's a lot of anger and tension trapped in there. Mm-hmm. And you'll probably notice in yoga that when you do a lot of hip openings, people can get quite upset mm-hmm. or quite teary because they're allowing energy to flow through that part of the body and it's getting rid of that negative emotion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. Wait, so all of those theories, I guess, is that like through, if, what's the yoga like? Philosophy. Um, yeah. What's it called? Um, it does have a, a particular name, but I can't think of it right now. Yeah, it's interesting. It's very like um, non-Western uh, medicine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know a whole lot about it, but I just remember um, my yoga teacher being right. You're really like stiff in the hips. Like, are you okay? Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I've just always had like stiffness. Stiff. Stiff. Yeah. I've always been angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
was telling yeah. you, Meg, on the way here that, um, well, I'm moving in a few days. Yeah. But I'm not at all stressed. Yeah. And I'm not packed either. So I'm going to have to do that soon. Yeah. Maybe tomorrow. But um, I know. I've been saying like maybe tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> Every no, day. but I love how you're just always so <laughs> calm and just easygoing. And yeah. You'll get there with everything. Yeah. Like imagine if my hips were like more flexible. Mm. Imagine how like chilled out I'll be there. Do they? <laughs> <laughs> just you floating through life. I know. I'll literally just be levitating. <laughs> so um, it's I can't believe it is almost the end of 2016. Yes. In 2017, what, what are you hoping to achieve? Um, I think in 2017, what I'm hoping to achieve for myself mm-hmm. is probably for my career to flourish, mm-hmm. to start or to really get my foot in the door with counselling work, yes. with working with clients one-on-one, with gaining the experience of how, um, how to manage working with clients what area I'm particularly interested in Mm -hmm. and then eventually towards the end of 2017 hopefully look at building or opening my own business Mm -hmm. thing and going with that yeah Yeah. and would start a conversation and we'll start a conversation in January we hope to get back into it Mm -hmm. and we'll be hoping to build our communication workshops and start presenting them to people and getting people involved in it and then slowly growing as the year goes on Mm. yeah cool that'll be exciting yeah definitely be keeping an eye out for all of that oh thank you yes so if anyone had questions for you where can they reach you um where can they reach me they can Reach me on the Start a Conversation Facebook page or Instagram page. Otherwise, they can reach me on my personal page as well. Um, I'm Meg Sandy on Facebook and Meg Sandy on Instagram. Great. So your Start a Conversation Instagram, is that just literally one word? It's start.a.conversation. And on Facebook, it's Start a Conversation. Great. And you can always find me on Facebook at Music Therapy Now and on Twitter at 